What is up and welcome in to the Easy Smoke and the GM Podcast. I'm your host, Ezra McCann, and I'm joined, as always, by my outstanding co-hosts. He's a Chicago Public League legend. He's a Simeon legend. He's a Gremlin State legend. He played second base for the Tigers back in the day. He was all swack. It's Brandon Williams, a.k.a. Coach Smoke. And we've got our NFL draft expert, analyst, enthusiast. It's his time of year. The draft is coming. You can catch all his work, his mock draft stuff on NBCSportsChicago.com. You can catch him on the – what's the – damn, I missed uh, I missed the uh, the name of the damn show. Football Night in Chicago. Football Night in Chicago. You can catch him. I work on the damn show. It's crazy. <laughs> you can catch him on Football Night in Chicago. It's RGM Glenn Morgan. Gentlemen, what's going on? How you guys doing? It's been a while. Glad to be back. Glad to be oh, yeah. back. Not has happened yeah. since we've been gone. Yeah, last happened. Last <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's. That's just good, man. Get started. So we left, and uh, the Bears. Not not a shock, but I but I was surprised that it happened as early as it did. And one Glenn Morgan called it. Hmm. The Bears traded that number one pick to the Carolina Panthers for the ninth overall pick, number 61, 61. in this year's draft, second-round pick. He also got a uh, first-rounder in 2024 and a second-rounder in 2025. 2025. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And the big one, we got a, a wide receiver number one. And DJ Moore. So, uh, what'd you guys? What'd you guys think of the, of the trade when when it first went down? I thought, give me my goddamn flowers and get off of my <laughs> jack. Get your hands out my pocket, trying to call me out like I don't know what the hell I'm thinking and talking about. That's what I initially thought. <laughs> you did. You called it on the football after show. Yeah. There, there is proof yeah. of it. Oh, oh, and also, by the way, uh, I know we're getting a little bit ahead when I, or I'm beginning a little bit ahead when I, we jump into free agency and we can jump back in. But they, the other two cats, were calling for Orlando Brown to be the left tackle for the Bears. I said, no, 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 no. I didn't call for it. I did. No, I no, no, not, no, no, not you guys, not you guys. Oh, 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 football oh, night oh, in Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah, my 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 counterpart Josh Rock, as far as the mock draft going, and the host of the show that day, one Mark Carmen. Were saying, oh, give me Orlando Brown. They can Orlando Brown, a left tackle. I'm like, no, no. That doesn't fit Poles as a way of how he looks at we left can, tackles. We, we can talk about that. We can talk about that. Let's, <laughs> I'm, just, let's, I'm just saying. Just saying. We, so we, you, we can you, talk about that later because I have I have I have something to say about that. But hey, hey, hey yeah, that's how, how I felt. I felt like trade. Right. And I mean, and keep in mind, uh, initially I said that for the Bears to make two trades, uh, to trade down twice. Right. Uh, not For me, I was saying trade down to the Colts and from the Colts to the Panthers. But as it turns out, uh, and David Kaplan talked about it earlier, I believe, on, on uh, AM1000, that that kind of almost did happen. It was it was two teams, but it wasn't the Colts. It was originally initially going to be with Houston and then from Houston down to uh, the Panthers. Uh, but the Panthers are like – no, screw that. Don't let Houston get anything. <laughs> what do you want? And basically, Poles was like, I want one of three people have to be in this deal. I'm going to make it straight with you. And it was Brian Burns, JC Horn, JC Horn, and the aforementioned DJ Moore. And so that's how that happened. And, and the receiver was something Paul. And remember, we talked about it before. Poles was really looking at DJ Moore uh, last year, ended up settling mm-hmm. on Claypool. Uh, so, so now he has both. <laughs> you know, and yeah, traffic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so uh, well done. 
um mr poles but uh yeah man uh that that was a big big news and that got the ball rolling you know for everything uh nfl wise right right before free agency and as it turns out pretty significant for the bears because it really helped put things in in place for them and where they wanted to go and launch themselves once free agency began and it also put the rest of the league on notice like okay if we want to do something we got to start making moves and then you start to see some inertia, you know, you start to see the the Jets make more of a move, more of a, you know, overt move to get one uh, Aaron Rodgers. And and uh, it, it put a little more emphasis on pro day. And uh, if you if anybody can screw up a pro day, <laughs> Jalen Carter, a defensive tackle mm-hmm. from Georgia, found a way to do that. And that too may affect, you know, where the Bears go forward because it looked as though that might be somebody that may not be available at nine for the Bears, but that pro day, he's dropping like a rock to some degree, and he may find himself in Chicago. Hey, maybe Poles got in his ear and said, hey, man, gain some weight, do nothing. <laughs> I'll take you at how, okay, pro, uh, a pro day. Pro day. I've somewhat been a part of that when I when I was at Hampton. Um, a pro day is not like a typical practice where, you know, you're, you know, uh, you're getting reps to, you know, to to somewhat get in shape. Mm-hmm. It's just drills. There's mm-hmm. no way you should be winded in a four corner drill. Scripted drills, right? You, sh- you shouldn't be. <laughs> that that was unreal to me, and and yeah. and this is this is a part of this is your interview, you know, right? You don't have to do this really ever again in life, but you got to be prepared for this one. And he wasn't. That that's huge red flags uh, for me with Jalen Carter. You know, you know how much I wanted Jalen Carter uh, to start off. Huge red flags there. Yeah, on top of everything, you know, prior to uh, the combine or on the day of the combine that we found what had happened. Yeah, we're not. Know. Yeah, not. We're not even talking about that. I'm just talking about being right, being in yeah. shape. No doubt. I'm, I'm, I'm co-signing with your red flags. Like yeah, there was, yeah. there was already an issue, and he, you know, it was public, well publicized. We knew it. So the combine was a was a no go, and then you come two weeks later, roughly, and <laughs> you put on nine pounds. and can't finish it, and like you said, the pro day is kind of like an interview. It really is because it's not so much what you do at the pro day, especially if you're not even like a quarterback, like if you're, you know, a lineman or defensive, you know, on either side of the line or what have you really just kind of want to see, but it gives these teams and the, their uh, front office people an opportunity to be around your coaches, be around your family, potentially be around your classmates, be around people who can give more insight as to who and how you are. It gives you a chance to maybe even take these guys to dinner find out more bottom, whatever the case may be. And he kind of shit the bed on that one <laughs> because you do some cone drills, you run a couple forties, <laughs> you, 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 you do some, uh, well, he did a uh, couple forties. Some... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you, you do some bag drills, some, some D line, you know, pass rush drills. That's it. That's a pro day. Yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't be tired. Shouldn't be no. winded from that. No. He could, he couldn't even complete it. Yeah, I, I, that that it's crazy because I mean, like there have been many stories of 
especially quarterbacks, but players who had kind of crappy pro day. I mean, even Peyton Manning had a crappy pro day, the ball hitting the ground a couple of times, so on and so forth. But like I said, it's it's not so much the drills per se, but it really gives them a chance to be around, you know, an environment that can help them understand more about who they're drafting as opposed to what you can do. Because what you can do is already on film, you know, mm-hmm. throwing the ball at air, hitting bags that don't hit back, you know, boards don't hit back, bags don't hit back, you know, um, Bruce Lee reference if y'all didn't catch that. Um, you know, it, it's way over my head. Oh, man, it's a, really? God, but y'all so really? It's Bruce Lee, <laughs> man. Enter the Dragon. I, I knew oh, it. God. Thank I, you. I actually knew that one. Okay. Whew. All right. Anyway. <laughs> so, 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 so what do we do now? You know, that's the question. What do the bears do? And, and you really have to start looking at the way the draft is lining itself. Uh, you got to figure the first two picks are going to be quarterbacks, whether it's young and Stroud or Stroud and young, uh, the Cardinals really or, sit in the, in the bird seat. It, no, he will be one or two. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I, thought, I thought Carolina was looking at him. Yeah, you're right. Just like the Bears were thinking about maybe drafting a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it ain't happening. So you you position yourself at once. You don't have to settle for Richardson. That's what that was about. Um, and so at three, the, the Cardinals are sitting really in the catbird seat um, because now, you know, do the Colts trade up? Uh, do the Raiders maybe trade up? I doubt if they do since they signed uh, Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Um, but do the Bucks make a play? Do the Titans make a play? Do the Commanders make a play? How much are they willing to give up? And the Cardinals in the spot, you know, just to the Colts. And the Colts move up from four to three, and uh, the Cardinals drop to four. Does someone want Richardson? Does another team make a trade with them? I mean, the Cardinals could do what the Bears didn't do and trade down twice. Maybe don't get a great haul, but they're clearly in a rebuilding situation. Uh, do the Cardinals? Take a quarterback. Kyler Murray hasn't really set the world on fire. He's extremely just got talented. A new contract, yeah, though. but they just they just yeah. signed him. Just, like got, just got a new contract. I, I get it. I'm just, you know, just conjecture. <laughs> but but he is coming off of serious, you know, serious knee injury as well. I mean, you know, so I think he signed that contract before he had the knee injury. Yeah. 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 Yes. So, you know, and it's a new regime, yeah. New general manager, new head coach. Not their guy. I mean, how many? Hey, we we heard all about Justin. Justin wasn't even coming off of an injury. So, really? and I know the contract is significant, but again, it's not like it's a Deshaun Watson contract. So, anyway, point being, Cardinals have something to do uh, going forward. We'll have something to say about you know who, who where their position, who positions themselves, possibly with their draft spot at number three, uh, and then Seattle, uh, and you know. Talking about the you know football night in Chicago, uh, I was catching flack for saying that Seattle, who had just signed Geno Smith to a three-year contract, which in in essence is really like a one-year contract if you really look at the details, but they just signed Geno, and I'm like Anthony Richardson to Seattle. Mel Kiper comes out with his draft thing, and guess what he's saying? Same thing, Anthony Richardson to Seattle, because it makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. So the quarterbacks are still going to dictate this draft. Um, but then after that, you know, I, I'm looking at it, and as certain and as comfortable as I felt two weeks ago, I'm scratching my head now, man, because free agency happened. And when free agency happened, a lot of teams addressed a lot of needs. So for first-round picks, 
that changes a lot as far as where a team may go. And uh, and here we are now in free agency. So what do you cats think about all this? Well, when the draft, well, when the draft, when the uh, trade went down, <clears throat> I was at work. I, I, I know exactly what I was doing. I was at work <laughs> watching speak while I work. And they were, and the funny thing about it, they were just talking about Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. and talking about the team they think would be a good fit for him. And Shady brought up the Carolina Panthers. And one of the main reasons was because they have a number one receiver in DJ Moore, something that, <laughs> something that Lamar didn't have in, in Baltimore. Baltimore. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, you know, I'm listening, I'm all in tune, and then they about to go to commercial, and Acho, oh man, we, we got to go to break, but just got breaking news: the Carolina Panthers has just traded for the number one pick <laughs> with the Chicago Bears. So before he could, he like, we're going to details. We get, I got off with the Twitter. So first thing I see is the trade, right? And I see, okay, we got the number nine pick. Mm-hmm. And I see the number 61. Mm-hmm. And I see the round one for 2024. Mm-hmm. And I see the round one for 2025. I mean, round two for 2025. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, okay. And and I hadn't scrolled up enough to see the DJ Moore. <laughs> so when I scrolled up and saw DJ Moore, I scared the hell out of all the kids that was in the gym <laughs> with me. Come on! Like, you know, and that's what I, I was ecstatic. Like, oh, we got DJ Moore. Because, like you say, I knew that was an option for us in uh, during the season, right? You know, and so I'm like, oh, we got DJ Moore, and you know, I was just excited. I actually thought because I watched, you know, the football after show with you on it. I actually thought they were going. I knew nine was the threshold. I'll mm-hmm. say that, right? But right. I thought they would. I thought they would make two moves to mm-hmm. get to nine. Sure. I didn't. I didn't know if they would necessarily get straight to nine, but we did touch on that. In the past, when we brought up the fact that Frank Wright may not want to let the Colts mm-hmm. trade with us first. And so it was like, I, I knew nine was going to be possible. I just mm-hmm. thought we would make two moves. Hey, and I'm I'm perfectly fine with what we got. You know, and of course, free agency happened after. You know, we're going to talk about that more. But I, I like what... what Foles did. I I think the 2024 first round pick is huge. That was the yes. main thing in my eyes that I was granted I wanted I love the DJ Moore mm-hmm. acquisition. But my main thing was if we make a trade we gotta get a first next year. Mm-hmm. Because it's so many it's so many options at that point. If Justin somehow does not show, mm-hmm. we got leverage to get another quarterback. Right. If Justin somehow do what we hope he do and and have a great year. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can go get Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. you know we got yeah. options. Like it's it, it's man, it's I think he knocked it out of the park. I know people trying to say who flees to when it comes to the trade and all yeah. that. But I think it was a good trade. I, think, for both I teams. think both teams got what they you know got some good out the trade. I feel like Carolina did some really good things free agency in my opinion. Mm-hmm. to support the quarterback that they're going to draft, you know, and, and the bears has 
lot of capital, a lot of draft capital as far and we had the money to spend and free. So I think both teams did good in this situation in my eyes. Yeah. I Especially agree. for 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 them to come from nine mm-hmm. to one. You know, I think they did good, you know. So I, I was ecstatic by it. Got me thirsty for baseball. I mean baseball for football season. <laughs> I was I was um when I first heard about it, you know, somebody told me, what you think about the trade? And this is mind you, this is like a minute after you know it became public. So I, I was like, what trade? What are you talking about? The Bears traded number one pick. I was like, no, they didn't. Like, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, right, that happened. Right, right, right. Don't believe it at first. Like, I so I said, well, who they trade to? It's like down to Carolina. And so you know how I want I was all I'm I've been all in about Jalen Carter, obviously mm-hmm. until that pro day. But uh <laughs> So my thing was I wanted them to either trade down to two mm-hmm. or to four with the Colts so that you you get some trade capital and you still get that blue chip player. Right. And so I was like, uh, I don't know. This is nothing. This is before I knew what was in the trade, what was involved in the trade. So I look at it and I say, okay, so they got they swap down the nine. They get a this year's second round pick. All right. They get a first round pick next year. Huh. Okay. That was me. Second round pick in 2025. Oh, all right. And then DJ Moore. And that was that at that point. I was like, wait a minute. That's a damn good trade. And it is so early. I was like, I was like, oh my God, that's man, that's huge. So at that point, I was I was pumped up like like Smoke, you said, you ready for football season. But I was like, oh, okay, yeah. this is this is the move right here. Okay, I, I get it. I get it. Poses, pose is kicking ass, man. So uh so I was I was very happy. Um, with 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 the the return that the Bears got uh, for that number one pick, um, yeah, they did they they did some big things. Uh, DJ Moore, I mean, you 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 got to get a weapon for uh, uh, for for Justin, Justin yes. Fields. Yeah, I've almost said Jalen Carter again for Justin Fields. <laughs> um, they got that. They got them a a a, a number one. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, this receiving room is pretty much set at this point. So happy about that. And they can worry about some other things once, you know, once free agency started. So I thought that was, it was a heck of a move. Uh, Then we went into free agency. Mm -hmm. And uh, they started off with getting uh, TJ Edwards, linebacker Mm -hmm. from Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Hometown. Hometown guy, yeah, yeah, want wanted to be here. Uh, was pumped up about being here. Um, then right after that, um, they announced uh, Tremaine Edmonds mm-hmm. from Buffalo, and I was like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. for real? <laughs> I thought linebacker wasn't a uh, wasn't wasn't a huge deal. Oh no, that's a neat, but but. You know, after after Roquan, but I looked at that and I was like, "Well, they they got Tremaine Edwards. They basically got their Erlacher and Briggs for this defense, right? That's right. and it's that's a linebacker from the same draft class as Roquan, but younger, right? Right? Yeah, and bigger, and bigger. I didn't realize he's six six five. Yeah, and longer. He's got real long arms as well. So yeah, I actually was 
pumped for him for the Bears to take him that draft class. They took Roquan. I was like, okay, that's cool. But I really liked Edmonds because of his his length, uh, size, and uh, his his youth. I mean, I think he was just like he was very young. I think you know, on, uh, I think he was. He's twenty four. Yeah, I think right? he was nineteen. Yeah, he was nineteen when the draft happened. But he just you know how his age fell and how he did in school and all that stuff. But and all that comes from a family of, of football. Uh, players NFL football players as well so a guy who kind of understands what it's all about and that's someone that you would not typically have to be concerned about in terms of being motivated understanding blah 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 um but you're right with that with what you said is as far and you to be as far as the, the wide receiver room being uh, starting to form into something because mm-hmm. DJ instantly slots everybody in a, a position well, not just down, but slots for everybody in a position where they can be most effective. You know, kind of yeah. like how if we had Lonzo Ball with the Bulls, everybody kind of gets slotted into a better role to where they can do what they do and be do be, be better at it. So DJ being a primary target, uh, being that that lead dog, so to speak. Now Claypool doesn't have to be the guy. All that pressure on him to have to be the number one dude isn't there. He'd be number two, and he's matched up against usually more times than not the second or third best wide, uh, cornerback out there and utilize his athleticism. Um, and then you can put D or, you know, it could be Mooney as well. And you put Claypool on the slot and now he's a beast. Now it's like, how do you contend with that dude? He's a matchup. You, th- th- matchup that way you're nightmare. matchup nightmare and your, your wide receiver uh, situation, you have leverage, you know, against the de- defense, because if it's a smaller cornerback, he's going to eat him alive. If it's a linebacker, he's going to get past him. So on and so forth. Uh, he, he is very difficult to contend with. Or you put Mooney there, and now you have a, an accomplished guy who can clearly get off press coverage when he's on the boundary. Now he's in the slot, ain't nobody touching him. Uh, but it gives him time to not have to be the main target, especially since he's coming off of ankle surgery as well. So he can round in the form a little bit better. And then now you can start slotting in other guys, you know, to kind of be the backups or the guys to, to be the swing position. But in all actuality, all three of those guys, be it uh, Moore, Mooney, or Claypool, they have alignment versatility. So you can interchange those guys yeah. all across the way, and you're not really losing anything because each one of them has been, you know, interior and exterior receivers. So I really like the the versatility that that wide receiver room has going forward. I I love, and I I guess it's not getting really talked about much. I like the the addition of Tanya. Oh no yeah. doubt, I, we're yeah. we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 To do in free agency, I I'd almost say he he killed it as well as he did with the draft with the trade down, um, because his two signings of the off defensive line guys were really good. <laughs> you know, you you got a we guy got that, two D line, we got yeah, Billings, Demarcus, and we got uh, Demarcus Walker. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. So so you got two interior, you know, um, defensive guys that you know, fit a certain role. One guy can be more of the, you know, rush pass, interior pass rush. Other guy can be more of the interior run stuffer, so to speak. But they both offer an ability to do both uh, well. So now you just have to kind of focus on your edge guys, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, and uh, and then, then the running back uh, getting foreman from Carolina, going back to the Carolina tap and getting another running back. So, yeah, we let Montgomery walk in. You know, hey, we've talked about it. We've chronicled on our show. I've never been a big Montgomery guy. I don't hate him. I just didn't. I wasn't crazy about him. He's like he, he grew on me. 
He grew you know, on me, but he just didn't but, like that he couldn't he couldn't run past five look, yards. We yes. were the same. He grew <laughs> on me, but but I ain't I ain't heard that he gone. Yeah, no, I'll be. I'm like, dude. Yeah, you know, nice cat. Uh, respect him. All that stuff, but that that dude ran in a in a fall in a in a phone booth, as opposed to running outside the phone booth and going somewhere. Yeah, he, yeah. you kept hearing that he makes everybody miss. I'm like, yeah, because he can't see the hole and he keeps having to dodge everybody. But I mean, he ain't running away from anybody. So now Foreman, a little bigger, uh, has shown throughout his time in NFL that he can run past 20 yards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More, <laughs> uh, and I, I just like you know. And it puts Khalil Herbert in a position again where he can be more effective. I don't think Khalil is necessarily a lead back, but I think he can. He's a, he's a very effective back, mm-hmm. and uh, I think so. Right now, that that's solidified itself. And again, Nate Davis. Oh man, that was a great interior guard from Buffalo, uh, and all the guys. Tennessee. All, Tennessee I mean Tennessee. Yeah, excuse Tennessee. me, Tennessee. Tennessee. Um, all the guys. Thank you. All the guys. Uh, former teammates saying like, "Yeah, you got a dog. Like you got." You got a real deal, right? So now, you know, it gives you an opportunity that if you don't draft um, a center, like you keep Tevin, maybe Moose Tevin over to left guard, but you put Whitehair back at center. He has played center, and he's probably been better at center than some of the ones we had that were there to be centers. Uh, So now you got three really good interior offensive linemen who can move, you know, and when you have a mobile quarterback like, like what we have, that gives you an opportunity to do a lot of things, man, whether you, you know, read option type stuff, you know, traps, pulls, you know, all these types of things, man, screens. Uh, so I really like how this is forming up. And like you said, the addition of Tunyon, now you've got, you can do double tight insets, or if one guy gets hurt, the other guy's there. Uh, you've got depth there. Um, it's just a one-year deal. So if it doesn't work out. You're not, you know, you're not tied in anything long-term. Uh He's really doing a good job. So it it makes that ninth pick start to really formulate into what we think it could and maybe should be left tackle screams out mm-hmm. at you Absolutely. right there. You know, that left tackle, maybe edge rusher if Tyree Wilson falls. You can you can you can feel that if that is a possibility. Um, but it also aside from screaming left tackle, it also says, well, you're in a position for best player available and we should be okay with that because a lot of other things have been addressed and we have a lot more draft capital. So if we get best player available, it's not like you can't still get a left tackle in the second round. You still got two second round picks now. It's not like you can't get an edge rusher because there's a lot of them in this draft, you know, so it gives you a little more latitude with what you decide to do. Uh, I want to throw something out at you guys Uh after Uh you think about it, but I, I gotta, I gotta, in my mind's eyes, someone best player available. Oh man, dude, I'm, I'm talking myself into it. Is it a, is it a skill position? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. No. <laughs> but, no. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm 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 cool if, if, if Quentin Johnson's there and you get him. I'm not tripping. Um, I was I, thinking JSN me. I, I, for some reason, Quentin Johnson gives me Kevin White vibes. I just can't get off of it. He gives me Kevin White vibes. Okay, fair enough. I I, just, I try. I've tried to watch him and love him. Mm-hmm. But I'm like he looks like Kevin White to me. He's bigger. Is he, or is he just taller? Yeah, well, he's taller. 
I think he's got some good size to me. He, he, he reminds me more of Mike Williams and Kevin White, but I get what you're saying. One year wonder is what you're saying for the most part. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go ahead. Who you? Who you? You, you sure? I mean, I, I you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to monopolize here. You no, go yeah, for it. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> All right, dude. I'm thinking, and I, I got a position. Like this is what I call this. I call it. I call it a new position, or I call it a position of significance. A positionless disruptor. That's who they should go for. Person who the quarterback is like, where the fuck is he? Why is he there? And what are we going to do about him being there? Sound like a Micah Parsons type. Uh huh. Uh huh. Not as big as Micah, but he's a two-time national champion. And he's been known. I think to be, I know you're talking about. Mm-hmm, been known because it because be, it, it ain't it ain't what's the name? Uh, Nolan Smith. Yes, sir. I I'm trying to understand why isn't he getting more pub? I don't know either because I'm really trying to understand that he's six two. He's scraping six two. If he was six four, I think he'd be top ten, um, without a doubt. Now, now Nolan had a pectoral injury around October 29th of this year, towards the end of the regular season, so he did not play. Uh, the rest of the season, um, but he did get ready for the combine and he knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, four three nine. Uh, he's about six two two thirty five ish, two thirty eight ish, and forty one and a half inch vertical. Uh, quick as all get out, but more importantly, he's shown on tape uh, over the two years of significance for the Georgia two time national championship team that. He is like one of those straws that stirs the drink, and you ask all his teammates, and they're like, they they they, they look to him. Mm-hmm. Even the guys that are already in the pros now, when they were on George, they were like, well, yeah, man, Nolan, Nolan. You know, you hear that a lot. And I saw this interview of him with him uh, right after, you know, at the combine, but he had done his drills, and the charisma, the enthusiasm, uh, the teammate oriented aspect of how he spoke um but all those are intangibles on the field like i said positionless disruptor think about it this dude is played because his position sometimes when you look at it is edge linebacker now i don't think he's big enough to be an edge every single down i think that would wear him down he'd be less effective but he can play the edge and he can hold he's quick enough and gets enough leverage he can hold the point of attack if you try to run at him but you can put this guy Anywhere on the field, you can put him in a nickel slot. He's that athletic. He can cover wide receivers underneath. He can go out into the flat. He can um, to cover you know running backs out in the flat. He can cover them on wheel routes. He's big enough to cover tight ends. He's quick enough to handle them so that they you know even the move tight ends at the, the, the pits of the world. He can he can he can he can check with those those cats. Uh, he had to do it. <laughs> we see them do it. He was doing it down in Georgia when they were playing Florida. Um, and you can align him anywhere. You can put him in a nickel. You can put him even in our four, three scheme. You can put him outside of the outside linebacker or a particular player. Or, or so you can put him on the edge and he can, like I said, he can blitz. You don't know if he's dropping into coverage. You don't know if he is you know, blitzing. You don't know if he's stringing out the run. You just don't know where he is in, in any one in, in three plays, in any any uh, uh, particular situation where you have three downs, he can be in a different spot every down. And if I'm a quarterback, I'm like, why is he there? 
<laughs> what is he doing? Is is he coming at me? Is he dropping into coverage? You know, is he the mic? Is he not the mic? I mean, mm-hmm. what is going on with him? And he is such a unique player. And it's those types of unique players that really can give the defense leverage against the offense. And it's all about that. If you ask, in my opinion, when it comes to, to football, especially nowadays, it's all about how can I have uh, uh, something over on you where you, you got you to gotta conform to what I'm doing. Um, so I really, I'm really intrigued by. Him. I'm not saying you should do it, and I'm not saying that, you know, that you have to do it. But I'm saying if you choose to do it and you're creative enough on defense, I get it, and let's go for it. Are you taking him at nine, or are you going to try to trade down? I would prefer to trade down, but when you start trading down, you don't know what can happen. Most in most draft spots, you see him. I think I had him like at 18 on the last thing I did, but most spots you see him probably between 20 to 25. Uh, going to like the Lions or with their second round pick. Uh, I mean, with their second first round pick, excuse me. That's what um, you don't want them to go. Right. Yeah, right. That's the other thing, too. It's like, well, I don't want a team because you could trade down and then a team might trade up <laughs> to get him, you know, because he becomes that. I think the, the more the, the picks start happening, the more him being the best player available becomes obvious. Mm-hmm. And yeah, nine's a little high. I get that. But I think the Bears can do that because they have the draft capital. It may not be an additional first round pick, but you got two second round picks. You have other picks that you can kind of still get what you need. And you don't necessarily have to have a first round offensive tackle to be good or great. You know, you look at some of those Dallas Cowboys uh, front lines, especially the one back when Emmett and were running. I don't think any of those guys were, were first round picks. So, and our general manager is a former offensive tackle. So, I would like to think if anybody has an eye on when it comes to tackles and who can be good. And if I don't have the most obvious great one, I still know how to get a good one. I would think it'd be this guy, even Braxton Jones, for the, as much as we were like, okay, he's not so much a left tackle. He still showed to be, he wasn't bad. He was just inexperienced, you know, living over his head. But we're not saying kick him off the line. We're just saying get a left tackle and put him over the right tackle. You know what I'm saying? So there's a there's enough tackles in this draft that you can get one high in the second round. You know, in the first half of the second round, I, I just think that that's a possibility. I'm just throwing it out there because it's the same reason why Anthony Richardson is shooting up the boards because he's such a unicorn. I think Nolan Smith, as you see this draft happen, he becomes that best player available type situation. I I think. Nolan Smith being more of a unicorn is more of a realistic pick than Anthony Richardson. I'm just saying. I don't care how high my quarterback jumps, just being honest. Uh, <laughs> oh, it, but that, that's not why he's such a unicorn, though. I know, I know, I know. I I'm know. just saying. He might be able, if he scores a touchdown, he might be able to, to dunk on the goalposts, you know? Yeah, dunk on the goalposts. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that's jump, a jump big over, deal. Jump over the line at the goal line. <laughs> Yeah, don't do it with Taylor Hunt, Tyler Huntley. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, actually get there. Uh, but I, I've actually been liking Nolan Smith also. Like, okay. like I I just been trying to understand why isn't he getting more talk about. I didn't know his measurables. I guess that might be why. But I'm like, this dude, and I get it, like on the sideline, he looked like he looked like a really nice kid. You know, he had his glasses on, looked like he's probably a 4.0 student. You know, like, but then you see him in game, he's he's a monster. Yeah, he's got and hands. And it's like, 
Like, man, I'm like, why isn't this dude? And so I'm like, what was his injury? Pectoral, that ain't major. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, so yeah, I, I really would like, I would like that pick. I would. Uh, I get what you, because I was thinking maybe they trade down again, you know, but I don't know. We we put ourselves in a good position. I know I was wondering, you know, how you all were going to feel about the free agency because I'm like, Bowles has shown like nobody's going to force him to do anything here. Right. No, no. He, 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 ain't, he ain't overpaying guys. And I kept saying, like, with the amount of money we got, we're going to overpay at least two or three guys. Yeah. And he is like, no. Yeah, not so much. Like, <laughs> uh, who was it? Uh, McGlinchey. Uh, McGlinchey, yeah, McGlinchey, yeah, like McGlinchey. Yeah. He was the first one to go, and I was like, oh, okay, didn't didn't overpay him. That's cool. So I, I automatically thought Orlando Brown was on the way. And but what no. gave me what gave me cause to pause there though was the fact that we went what two days or three days before Orlando Brown was actually yeah. taken off the board. So I'm like, well, shoot, Foles ain't the only one that's like. Nah, I ain't they say the value? He's not a left tackle. He wants to get paid like a left tackle, right? Sure. Yeah, who doesn't? But 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 well, they he, say he's well. He uh, doesn't. He doesn't want to play right tackle. And he play. He played left tackle in in Kansas City because um, you get paid better as a left tackle. Ab- absolutely, I get that. I get that. And that's why the Bengals left tackle was pissed. Because now they talk about kicking him over the right tackle. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He getting my money. He asked for a trade. Yeah. Hold on. He getting my money. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I – left tackle was such a huge need. And I feel like I'm, I'm one that believes that it takes three to four years to develop. I don't care uh, how highly touted of a prospect you were. It takes three to four to become that dude. Unless you're Joe uh, Thomas. Joe true Thomas. that. True that. He's a Hall of Famer, though. Um, I thought that they they would have gone in the, in this free agency period to get that left tackle. He didn't, and you know, obviously he's you know knows something that I don't know. Uh, he feels that he he's going to be able to get that guy in the draft. Uh, so I'm you know in in Ryan Poles we trust here. You know, so far, yeah, yeah, but I. I would have splashed to get to get Orlando Brown uh, at that left tackle spot. And this whole thing about he doesn't, the, the you know, Brian Pohl said that, you know, he didn't really fit their scheme. I don't think I really ever heard that before. An offensive line Jim is an offensive lineman. You know, read between the lines, bro. You know what he's saying. I I, I get that. I'm just saying, though. There, there were people so, out there that were talking about, you know, the, the, the scheme. No, an offensive line – Run blocking, pass blocking. I don't care what what you're running. If you're a good offensive lineman, you can play at any offense. If your athleticism is affected by your weight and your attitude, there may be things within that that you don't fit. Nah, somebody. What you don't you don't fit what we what we're looking for. So it's a nice way of saying that is you don't fit our scheme. That's how I that's how I read it. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs. 
Man, posted a, a montage on Twitter. Like, good luck, Joe Burrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude had like twenty. Well, he gave up twenty-two pressures, I think. Right this season, he gave up like an obscene amount of pressures for you know a, a front line for for a front line elite left tackle. And he now he showed better during the playoffs. But keep in mind, it's it's uh, it's Mister Mahomes. <laughs> he can make a lot of people look better than what they are. That's why I'm not I'm not too upset about it. Now I no. am I am shocked. I am shocked, uh GM that uh I thought that uh uh Johnson from Ohio State would have been your guy. Paris Johnson. Paris Johnson, Jr. yeah. Yeah. Well, I I like him too. I, I really do. I, I tell you that the two offensive tackles or left tackles that I like in this draft are Johnson and, and um Roderick Jones. Jones. I, I just thought that because Garoppolo was signed and he has had injury issues that maybe Damn, he's the, gone probably that the Raiders may target Paris Johnson. Um, and I think going forward, I can't remember off the top of my head. I might be wrong that one of their tackles might be a free agent next year. I think that's another reason why I was like, well, if you get Paris Johnson now, you don't have to worry about that uh, going forward. Um, and Paris Johnson is also has alignment versatility. He's played both tackles, but he also played inside uh, earlier in his career yeah, at Ohio State. Right. Yeah. So, so for a year, he could you know kind of understudy on the line and then kick out to left tackle. So it made a lot of sense to me that he may be gone there at that spot. And at seven, that's 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 not a bad spot to take Paris Johnson at all. He'd be the first non-quarterback offensive player off the board. Um, so that's why I, I, I thought again, left tackle, this is going back a couple of weeks, uh, when I had the, you know, had the bears at nine that they would probably take Roderick Jones over Skaronsky because Skaronsky is well-documented how short his arms are, you know, comparatively for that, that position. And as I said to you is, I know it's just one play, but I just did not like the way. Wait, I, you know what? I haven't seen that play yet. <laughs> I, just, I, I like the way Luke Van Ness abused him. I just didn't. It looked like it looked like Stuart Scott on that thing where he's blocking the kids basketball. <laughs> just, just like, get out of here. You know, um, so and Broderick Jones, as opposed to Orlando Pace for two things, uh, two main reasons. One, an athletic freak. Again, with stupid upside, uh, his recovery, uh, even if even when he's got beat his ability to recover and get back and still keep the defender away, uh, his length, his athleticism to be able to get out and do a lot of different things. You have a mobile quarterback like Justin, I thought would be key. The other reason is his cost control. You'd have a guy, you know, that you'd be able to you know, fiscally have some uh, cost leverage in your in your if you're the Bears organization for the next four years without even worrying about it. So as opposed to someone like Orlando Brown who's going to cost you a lot of money and you're going to be stuck into some less favorable options potentially at least for a couple of years, dead cat money, so on and so forth. You don't have to worry about that if you draft that left tackle like Broderick Jones with that upside. So that's why I was really focused on those on him. Uh, but I, I like Paris. I think Paris's floor is the highest right now. Um, I think he's technically uh, more experienced than Broderick Jones, and he's just as big. His arm length is ridiculous. Uh, I think he's got 36 and a half inch arms. Um, his hand size, I think, is like um, Jesus Christ, dude, he got <laughs> obliterated. Who is that? <laughs> That's Garonsky. Oh my God. 
Uh, Glenn, you're you're right. (laughs) One play just changed my mind on Peter Skaronsky. Oh, my God. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's tough. It was that significant of a one play. Like, I'd never – it's almost like Javian Clowney, like how he became the number one pick in the draft off that one play, it seemed like. And – Oh, my God. And he's – I'm trying to see for – yeah, for though you guys can't see this, but uh, (laughs) – Jesus this is Van, he, Van Nessick, he was, uh, he from was Iowa on going up against Skara- uh, uh, a little Skaransky. bit, dude. But you shouldn't be going. I've I've seen people on the hills get pushed back, not off the effing ground five yards, <laughs> and then, then, then the quarterback still gets sacked. I mean, did he get rid of the ball? No, he got he rid, got he rid, got he got rid, rid of, of it. He got rid of it, but it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> it was nowhere near the target. Um, and that's a guy who doesn't start. Who did that to him? Um, that, that that was just bad, dude. Um, mm. but, I yeah, feel like Skaronsky was trying. He was trying to. I guess he felt that there was going to be a blitz. <laughs> no, I I I I can't play devil's advocate. He, he just got blown up. Man. He got that's, destroyed. Yeah, it, it looked bad. Yeah, and, and his short little arms didn't get up there quick enough to stop that abuse. Um, but if anybody wants to know, it's it's Northwestern uh, Iowa at Northwestern this this season. Uh, if you want to look at that on YouTube and laugh along wow. with us, um, so so yeah, but I, I like Paris Johnson a lot, dude. I I have no, I, I like, dude. It to me, it's a safe, sound, sensible pick, and there's zero wrong with that. And we definitely, and he's athletic too. He's not as athletic as as Broderick, but it's like it's just a smidge below, you know. Um, and he's a highly intelligent young guy, young man as well. So I think that's going to appeal to Pace too. Uh, being a Boston College uh, offensive lineman, those guys have been renowned for their intellect, so to speak. But uh, I, I think you know he's the kind of player, personality-wise, that would fit in with the locker room. Uh, I think it's a kind of kind of quality type of um, um, mental approach to the game and. That those kind of quiet leadership abilities. Uh, I think a lot of those things are, are going to appeal to to polls. And he probably if he does take him, I'm sure you'll hear him comment on those things, you know, um a lot during uh the press conference part of it. But I say but because polls has also shown I will take the best player available because he took two defensive players last year with the first two picks. And we didn't get we didn't have a first pick until the second round. And he took two defensive players at the same area as far as the defensive backfield and those were good picks so i'm just saying i forget i saw one um one mock draft that possibly had um the bears taking the db from illinois uh, i saw that with a spoon yeah no i saw them taking a db from what's the top db Right now, arguably, it's, it's oh Christian Gonzalez. Gonzalez, yeah, he's he's a top DB athletically, but he's not the top DB, bro. He's he's not as good as Witherspoon in terms I think, of technique and stuff. I think I'd be upset if if they went DB again. I would with the, with the first round pick because there's a lot of them in this draft. If you need a DB, and they, so they even, think even if they it do. even if it is best player available at that point, I I don't no. I don't want to do that. Not 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 that position, no. Um, I, I, you, you can get 
you can get a guy in the you, you can get one of the guys from Maryland in in the in the second round. Uh, one of those guys that ran a four three whatever. Or Keely Ringo for whatever reason keeps you dropping. All right. There's a lot of guys you could get at cornered that could come in and and if not start, be significant a role significant player uh, going forward. No, you you really need to get that left tackle sewn up or an edge rusher with some versatility and like Nolan to me. Now keep in mind Frank Clark is still out there, I believe. I don't think he's been signed yet. And I would yeah. not I would not be shocked if he does wind up a Chicago Bear. All right, oh, moving on. Uh, Lamar, 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 <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Still, no bites at the apple yet from any team right now. Yeah. We were having a uh, uh, little discussion before we started. <laughs> you say, you guys say it's not collusion. I'd say it's not definitively conclusive. Right. I, I I say it's not definitively a conclusive that you can conclude it is collusion. If not try to get it's, to it's, it's, it smells like it could be. It it, it could the con, the conclude the collusion is colluded. Colluded, however you want to say it. <laughs> convoluted. Because, convoluted because it's right. so this is a this is a cloudy situation here. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah, we know that the owners have talked and said they do not want to give a guaranteed contract. That is one thing. We get it. They might have discussed that as the case. But you might have but you also have the fact that given that guaranteed contract, what do you have to sacrifice? Oh, on top of having to give up two first round picks also. What else do you have to sacrifice when it comes to your roster? Who will you have to release? Who would you mm-hmm. like things of that, that nature to free up that particular cap space to pay him? Mm-hmm. That's an obstacle. Oh, what if we make all these moves to create that cap space and then Baltimore matches? Oh man, we just did all that for nothing. Now we don't even have them. You know, I I personally think a lot of I think we might start seeing some things happen after the draft. I think I think teams will want to draft their picks this year. Right. And right. then once they do that, decide to make that decision, it will be draft picks for 24 and 25. And 25. Yeah. So I think I think it's still early. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are getting impatient and 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 you know and and not really being realistic about this whole thing. Like, I mean, granted, you know, everyone's first rebuttal is well, Deshaun Watson got it. And then on the flip side, they counter it with the Cleveland Browns is the dumbest franchise in the world <laughs> in the history of the NFL. So so you're going to tell me, I'm a businessman. I'm a smart businessman. But because that dumb franchise decided to do it, you're going to tell me I'm supposed to do it? No. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. Like I, I'm, I'm watching all these shows and everybody like, that's the market. That's the market. No, it's not the market. No, clearly it's not. Like the Cleveland Browns were desperate because guess what? This is what no one else is failing to say. If the Cleveland Browns, let's say they didn't, let's say the Deshaun Watson situation was happening now. Would they have 
gave Deshaun that money or would they have tried to get Lamar and give him that money? Yeah, probably Lamar. Give him it would probably be Lamar. It, it has nothing to do with the player. It has everything to do with the team. They were desperate for a quarterback. <laughs> and, and so, and, and in this case with Lamar, unfortunately, Lamar, these teams are just not desperate enough to, to, to put all that on the line. Like the Browns did all that. They had that, they had an amazing roster a few years ago. Right. Look at that roster now. It's it's slowly so it's still good, but it's slowly Dipping. going going down slowly. You know, like good thing they got Amari Cooper for what they did because, right. and pretty soon he gonna want an extension or he gonna get older. <laughs> you know, like so. You know, I think it's it's a lot that goes into it, man, and. I think these owners, it I think it's just more than collusion. I think it's a lot more to it. Yeah, they could have very well got together and said they're not with the whole guaranteed contract thing, but it's also other variables to this that make it hard for these other owners to to sign him to that type of contract. I'm like, sorry, they I think they they had to have talked on this because if they didn't. One team would have gone on it and 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 pulled the trigger on this. There's but no, who? No, but I don't. You, I, you say that so casually, but you got to affect that's what, everything. That's what happens. Said. That's what happens in a, in a free market. You know. But who? I don't who? know who that team is. I can't tell you who that team is. I'm just telling you that it would have happened. I mean, it, it, well, but 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 how you're you're not saying how it would have happened. You're not you're not you're just saying <laughs> one team would have ponied up and made it happen, just like they made it happen for Deshaun. There would have there would be one dumb team that would do it, and well, it was but, and but it just was. so happened to be the <laughs> dumbest dumb, team. That team already did it. <laughs> I'm just saying, right? That somebody somebody would have done it already. But that here's the thing that um, that dumb it team always, did it. it has it has always happened. That's the way that's the way things work in free agency. <laughs> Look, okay, so by your by by your estimation, then what Mike Dicka did with with the Saints, how come somebody else hasn't done that since then? But my here's my point. It, it, it's a, but it happened, right? And here's my point to that: it happened, and no one else has done that shit since. That was stupid. Yes, this Same necessarily thing. isn't all that stupid. No, but it kind of is. And it's, that, not and as, it, it's not as bad as trading your entire draft for one player. It's not as bad, but it's still bad because it can set your franchise back for an extremely long time. Because here's the other thing you got to throw in. Lamar, for the last two seasons, hasn't finished. And this guy wants guaranteed contract money. And I'm not going to have to give up, like Smoke said, not just two first-round picks, but I'm going to have to clear space, which means I'm giving up possibly players who make money who are do, good players. Do we know that he couldn't play at uh, couldn't have played at the end of this season? What we do know is he did not. That doesn't mean he couldn't have. He couldn't. He couldn't have. I'm not saying that he couldn't have. We know that he did not, and we're talking guaranteed money. That makes a difference. And so, yes. To your point is, have the owners talked? I would say it's not something that they necessarily talked about right now, but it's yeah, something they that's did. Old. They talked. 
but it's something that's oh, it's something that's always they just didn't been, put it on paper. You can't find it on paper, so you'd never be able to to uh, to, to, to fully. I'd say it's something that's always been the worst kept secret or known that that the NFL, the NFL, not you know as a whole, does not want to give guarantee. You'll never contracts. be able to fully prove it, but but it happened. The the well, talk happened. But what I'm saying is, it's 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 an established fact that the owners don't. I don't, you know, there's basketball a, basketball has it, baseball has a, it. There's a Zoom or teams out there that has the recording. We just we just don't have <laughs> access to it. I mean, I mean, but, but football but, does not want to give up guaranteed contracts. True is that. It, true. Is it Rich Pasachi? Is that the Ravens? Pasachi is that? Yeah, yeah, the Ravens the, the GM owner. Yeah, the owner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He came out publicly after Deshaun Watson signed his deal and said that was dumb. That and said that was dumb. He came out publicly and said that. He said it. I'm right. saying that, that and, one, and one other team. I don't. I don't know who the team is. It's only Look, one. It's Arizona, only one. Arizona, Arizona signed uh, uh, Murray, Kyler Murray, to all that money for no reason. A, a, a lot of money, but not though. guaranteed. Not fully yeah. guaranteed. It's not fully guaranteed, but he's that's he's the, guaranteed that's the, a bunch that's of the, it, though. But that's the hang-up, fully guaranteed. And, and what Deshaun – or not Deshaun, excuse me, what Lamar is asking for is fully guaranteed. Like, like there's probably an amount that they would guarantee up to, but he's like, no, I want more because he's seeing if Deshaun got it, I want it. We're looking right now. We see right now the Jets and the Packers are having a hard time to figure out how to get the compensation for Aaron Rodgers because it's going to involve maybe more than one first round pick. And the Jets are like, no, I don't think so. But everybody knows it's got to get done eventually. So no one's rushing on it, but it still has a bit of a hang up. And the Jets were trying to clear space so they can have enough money to to get Aaron Rodgers. The Packers want two first round picks for Rodgers? They've talked about that. Yes. They want a first round pick for sure. I would give a first round pick. I would. I would. I yes. Would we with. right. 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 Exactly. Not, not, not more than that. Sure. Of course not. But what I'm saying is, that's what's happening, and we all know that, and they know that. But the Packers are like, well, we still got them under contract. You act like you want them. So you know, if someone's trying to play, you know, pin the tail on the donkey or chicken or whatever you want to call it. But if that and there's no nowhere near the amount of money you know or compensation tied into Rodgers as it would be tied into Lamar. I'm just saying it's like it, yeah it's it smells like it could be collusion but there's a lot of other you know shifting you know uh, shells here in this game because of all the things that it can do to your franchise just to be able to get him. And that's my thing. My my thing for for the people, for the masses, for us outsiders. Do we want Lamar to get paid or do we sure. want Lamar to win? Uh both. <laughs> and 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 unfortunately, I think more people would rather the just get paid part because everyone just seems to think, first off, let, let's give the, the organization he's with some credit that they are a very well-run organization. Baltimore been. has been very well run. So to attribute the fact that Baltimore has been successful over this time period with Lamar Jackson is strictly because they have Lamar Jackson is kind of far-fetched. And to expect that he can go to any other franchise, let's throw one out there. Let's say he goes to Falcons. the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Let's say, and and to and just to say he's going to go there, drop into their world, and all of a sudden, voila, magic. That that's 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 no. hard to believe. With the things they will have to 
give up, move around, and the fact that they probably wouldn't be able to bring in him much help. And all we continue to seem to talk about around the world is the fact the lack of help that Lamar Jackson you know, That's has. kind of in place, actually, for the Falcons. They got Pitts and they got uh, London. So he actually has a little bit. He he'll have the tight. He'll have a better tight end athletically. He'll have it. He'll have it for the time being. He'll have it for the time being. Right, but when it. it comes time to pay them, will they have the money to do it? What, what would you be able to do? You know. So well, remember the um uh, the cap is going to be steadily going up. I'm not saying it's not, but you got to pay other people if you want to win. You, but, gonna, you gotta, but I'm saying there's going to be ample money there. The 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 latest media deal, which comes into play this year, is freaking. It's silly money. So the 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 money's gonna be there. Like I said, we'll we'll see after after the draft is when I think we will see some some Moving things more. I I I'll buy that. I buy that for a dollar. I think that's when we'll see some move. We'll see, and I'm still going to continue my investigation <laughs> for collusion. That's just me. Hey, let's move on. Uh, the tournaments that are going on right now. You got the NCAA tournament going on here. Mm-hmm. You got uh, the WBC just ended. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Smoke, I saw you. <laughs> By the way, Smoke is one of my favorite social media followers out there. Man, you were big on the, on the WBC this year, man. I was. Yeah, I, I I got locked in, man. It was some. It was some good baseball. Yeah. It was some really good baseball. It was. It wasn't the hot dog in and all that. You hear in the crowds, like it was exciting. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the quiet baseball. Like, no, the, the stadiums they were in, the fans were loud and rap, like rowdy. The game was played the right way. Well, I mean, guys are hustling, trying to beat out base hits, trying to hit out ground, beat out ground balls. Like, it was just good baseball. It it yeah. wasn't what we see on the regular when it comes to Major League Baseball in a 162-game season, like where guys hit a ground ball and they barely take two steps out the box. Yeah. Like, no, like guys were really playing when it, you know, had some on the line. And, and it, I was locked in. It was Like I said, it was really good. You could tell, like you said, stakes, people were playing for something. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell like pride was on the line here. And when 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 you get people playing like that, no matter the sport, you're going to get a very good product. You know, no one was worried about money. Right. You know, they were worried about trying to get a win. You know, unfortunately, Diaz for the Mets, you know, his season is cooked by celebrating too hard. Had a had a Kendry Morales type moment, but but other than that, man, like it was really really good baseball, man, really good baseball. That's cool. Honestly, I got to tell you, I I didn't watch an inning, but uh, (laughs) but I heard it was good. (laughs) Well, everyone I talked to that 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 watched it, they they said it was it was uh it was a good time, and and it's a, a a real win for for all the baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. B has to has to figure out a way to, but the season just too long to get that type of energy for the whole season. That's why you shorten the season, one forty two. Oof, one forty two. 
Oof, that's still just, a lot of games. It is, but you know what? You're not going to get. You know, they're they're not going to uh, contract any of the season. I think that would be fine. I thought I honestly, and, and I've said this before on here. I thought the uh, the sprint, the COVID season sprint, mm-hmm. was one of the most awesome seasons of baseball I ever experienced. Man, it was it was just all. You know, everybody was all in. They knew that, hey, you know, we got to win right now. You can't you, – no lollygagging here. Everybody it's had no, a it's chance. no time. Right, right. Everybody had a chance because the season was so short. So. And as, as soon as the season started, I mean, everybody was in full gear, and it was just a fun season. I think if you take some games away, you, you, you know, get closer to, uh, to that point. 162 is just too damn long for me. <laughs> That's that's just me. Um, and then the, the NCAA tournament, man. I gotta say once again, you know, for this to be a, man, I'm uh, I'm a sports enthusiast. I didn't watch any college basketball this season outside of the Loyola women's team. Go Ramblers! My second, I'm, I watched I watched one college basketball game from start to finish this year, and that was the HBCU game. During All Star Weekend, right, right, Grambling and Southern, and only reason, why, reason why he watched that is because he's a Grambling alum, and they were that on was it. TV. Who that are was you it. guys? I thought you think you know people. You just yeah, a bunch you didn't of, watch bunch, none either. Bunch of, bunch of, shut your mouth, I did. <laughs> wait, wait, you did. Wait, 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 you might have. You might have watched a couple of Cincinnati games. Yeah, keep going. I watched Man. my Volunteers. You did not. Are you kidding me, dude? They've been ranked all year. What are you talking about? I did. I watched these dude. I watched. They did. Yes, they did. I watched them Actually, volunteers. I, I watched. I watched some of the other team. Now, yes, I don't. I, I will say this in, in all in all fairness and being candid. I did not watch college basketball like I did in the eighties and the nineties. Yes, yes, because the guys don't stay like they used to, and the talent is is beyond watered down. It's like it's so sparse. It's not even funny. And I don't even know who these kids are. They they yeah. they don't they, they come and go. And, and even, the ones that stay, the, and, and, it's, the, and it's that. but it's even worse now because even though they don't stay long, you still knew they still had a way of promoting those one and done talents. Now a lot of those run and done talents are not even going to college. They're going to the little G League thing right. and all that stuff. So like I don't I don't even know who the top. Freshman was in the country. This I don't. Year. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I'll do you one better. I don't even know who the coaches are anymore. <laughs> I, like I'm like who? What? Like there's a whole big exchange exchange recently in the in the Big East, and I'm like, what's the Big East again? I forgot because that that just changed. Ain't what it used to be. But St. John's just went ahead and got a nine a 95 year old uh, Rick Patino. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I know him. <laughs> Bayheim just retired. He's 102, so he just retired. I he knew retired. him. They forced him out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, quote unquote. So they forced him out. So I knew him. And then the guy that took over at Georgetown, apparently he's been in Providence for 12 years. I didn't know that. It's so oh, Ed, no, Ed, Coo- Ed Cooley's a coach, man. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I didn't know who he was because he's at Providence. How often do you watch Providence game? You know? Um, and now he's Not at Georgetown, all. right? And now he's at Georgetown, which was a good hire by all by all people's standards. So it's like, dude, I don't even know who these coaches are. They come and go, and they don't they don't even stay long. So um, yeah, it's not what it used to be. But that one shining moment still seems to resonate when it comes around this time of year. It still mm-hmm. has that magic somehow. It still retains the, the that magic. NCAA tournament is the best 
tournament in sports. Yeah, Hands can't down. argue. To me. To can't me. Argue. I know some people will say the World Cup. Okay, if you like that thing, that's cool. <laughs> For me, it's the NCAA tournament. And, I, I man, from opening tip on Thursday, world. I've been all in. Some yeah, people do say they say the World Cup is the best tournament out there. So I, not me. Yeah, I, I, I don't like kickball. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm it, that, that <laughs> final, that final. I ain't gonna lie, that World Cup final was really good this year. But, but uh, yeah, but it's but outside yeah. of that, nah, no way, no way. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch college basketball at all this year, and I'm not <laughs> shocked, and I'm not shocked by what's taking place in the tournament this year because I felt like every time I looked up, top teams were getting beat during the regular season. And I'm like, and like funny as it is, I mean, Grambling won over 20 games this year and actually beat a few power fives. That told me all I needed to know. (laughs) College basketball. Except for the one that I – I, I put bet. money on with on, on them. Who was that against Virginia? I think. Thanks who, a lot, who, Grambling. Who lost to Furman? Who lost right. to Furman? <laughs> right. Jesus. You know, so, but I, I'm like, you know, a lot of you look at some of these schools now, man. You got guys that are 25 years old playing yeah. college basketball. Yeah. Is it's it's getting. I wild. saw some somebody tweeted out. Is there an age limit in college college basketball? <laughs> The thirty-year-olds running around, man. So. But look at it, man. You got no Kansas. You got, I think, did Baylor lose as well? Baylor lost. Baylor yeah, so, lost, so yeah. last two national champions are out. Are out. Uh, no North Carolina they didn't even make the tournament. They didn't, they didn't even make the tournament. <laughs> Duke is gone. Uh, As Duke, Arizona, by the way, your, your volunteers, man. I mean, they they just manhandled uh, Duke. Duke. They were like they were like they, grown men. They did. You know, boys. You're right. It looked like that. It really yeah. did. It probably um, was. They probably, probably been at school <laughs> for years. I remember one of those dudes when I was there. So yeah, I think you're. Wow. I think you're right. Um, but yeah, man. So Kentucky it, out. It, yeah, Kentucky's out. Kentucky. Um, I mean, I think Arizona. All the big, lost Arizona. To I think, I think Arizona outside of Michigan State, Princeton. outside of Michigan, yeah, Princeton's in Sweet Sixteen. Outside of Michigan State, I think all the Big Ten teams would go. Did Indiana win? No, they lost. Nope. Yeah, they lost so to uh, Miami. So out of out of so out of all the Big Ten teams, only Michigan State's available. I think out of the SEC schools, you just get you three: got, you Alabama, got Alabama Ar- Arkansas, Arkansas, and Tennessee. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think all the ACC schools are gone, right? Uh, no, Miami. No, Miami still. Miami. Okay, yeah. so Miami. Yeah, the, the least the one you least expected to be there is still in there. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And you got, you know, was it Florida A and U is, is up there and yeah, Florida Atlantic that yeah. FAU. Yeah. yeah. And Gonzaga. Gonzaga. I'm, Gonzaga. I'm actually, I'm, I'm rooting for the Zags this year, man. If, if well, they they're going to win a national championship, they're about to lose to UCLA. This guy, this, this has I got to a root. I got a root for UCLA. My they man, my man, Chicago Drew Timmy, which by the way, I think he's probably the only he's uh, college he? basketball. He's, he's pretty old. My wife said, "Man, he looks really old." But but this is Who's but this guy? is what they said of the Sweet Sixteen teams. They said it is. Did they say eleven conferences represented? Yeah, most yeah. conferences. Yeah, that's wild. That's yeah. awesome in a lot of in a lot of ways, but it is also an indictment. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, it tells okay. you. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, you know what? To... Is it an indictment or is it that? It that, is. No, that it is. There's just there's parody in college in college basketball now. No, there's no. No, talent that it, it's basketball. telling you the top talent is not there. <laughs> right. That's the top talent that's, that's is the not there. Right. But that's but yes, yes, that that is true. But I'm saying though, because of that, there and I think this goes to AAU that all these kids see each other. So it's no, you know, they aren't. FDU isn't afraid to go up against a Purdue. Well, they're not afraid because they probably like Never six, seen. seven years older. <laughs> it's not that they're seeing each other. These guys have been in school longer. And oh. and and these and these schools that's getting the quote unquote one and done talent, these guys aren't the top, the true one and done talent anymore. The true one and done talent isn't going to school. Yeah. They're going to G League Ignite or whatever that is. And you know, and 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 the international game is is it's real. It's taken over. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean yeah, who was I who was I listening to? I'm got shape. They were saying that uh that the majority of the uh the top technicians is going to the NBA. The majority of the uh the quote unquote up and coming superstars are international players. Yeah. I mean, they aren't they aren't Americans. Well, I'm talking about guys that are in the league now. Oh yeah. I mean Giannis is still young. Yeah. Yeah. Luca. Luca. Yep. Jokic. Uh, Jokic. Jokic. And B. Yeah. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? I yes. mean, them them like four of the top five, maybe. Yeah, I'm sure there's a Canadian and Australian running around that play. Oh, Finland, the finisher. Markin is finally playing good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really? He's he's yeah, so nah, you're right. right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. my head because we messed that up. We didn't so, mess it up. No, he he was messed up when he was here. Right, we didn't mess it <laughs> up. No, the Bulls did mess it up. That's, we didn't mess Boylan. it up. That's that goes to to, to Jim Boylan. Uh, he messed uh, no, dude, because he's at Cleveland was like just okay as well. So no, <laughs> it, it took him. It, it took him it, it, to get the Boylan purge to get out. All that out <laughs> of his system. Look, man, he looked like Tarzan when he was here and was playing like Jane. So I don't, I don't buy all that, but. But yeah, I mean, and and let's not at least we forget the continent of Africa is really starting to get a lot of basketball talent uh, coming through the various countries there, and that's a tapping ground that I'm sure a lot of uh, people are looking to 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 go into mine. So, but yeah, that being said, the tournament, like you said, is it's still something about it still resonates, still has some something magical about it. You still you still get game winning shots. You still get a player who you didn't expect to be uh, the star of the tournament turns into the star of the tournament. And then you can look forward to him a la Ja Morant uh, going to the, or, or uh, uh, Steph Curry type going to the pros, you know, uh, and even the women's game really is picking up. Uh, the woman from uh the young lady from Iowa has been clowning Caitlin something. I can't remember. Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Caitlin Clark. And she, and she talking, she, dude, she's, she's good. Man. She's good. And she's talking 
Talk yeah, to too. you got you got uh I got a hey, I got a Reese, from LSU. Yeah, Reese from we, LSU. Yeah, when we when we get off, I got a story to tell about uh about her. I can't share it here. I'll I'll tell you guys. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah, the sister from LSU who's putting up double doubles like it's you know, like it's nothing. The whole team is South Carolina and then the head coach, you know, she's Don mm-hmm. Staley's getting her. She's in commercials now to show you that the, you know that the, the, the oh yeah, they got the, saw the, the Under Armour commercials. Yeah. She was repping, yeah. uh, repping Cheney State. Cheney State, mm-hmm. and she even gave a shout out. They played Norfolk State in the first yes. round, and uh, yeah, she came out. She went and uh, congratulated them after the game because they, they actually gave them a, a decent, a decent game, Bro. and lost uh, by what twenty. Yeah, but I mean, 40. it was you know they they Norfolk they State hung, played with heart, right. and uh, yeah. yeah, she she came out and said, "Hey, Norfolk State is not a sixteen C team." That 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 seating was wrong, uh, which they probably were right, but it's just because they're an HBCU that you know they automatically mm-hmm. drop them down. That's just just the way it is, man. But uh, but yeah, yeah, man. The tournament. I'm telling you, the best thing, best thing around. And my bracket is busted because I uh, <laughs> I had Arizona and Kansas in the in the championship game. Oh, yeah, I would have had happened. Kansas back too. Not I happening. Did a, I did a bust. I didn't oh. even do one. And speaking of tournaments, you, you forgot to mention NIT, and I'm going to throw a shout-out to my nephew, Go Bearcats. Uh, they're, they're, as far as I know, they're still uh, competing in that. And I think they have a game against uh, Utah Valley, I think. And if they can beat Utah Valley, they'll be in the NIT Final Four, which is being held in Las Vegas this year. I saw that. I saw yeah. that. Let me ask you this. Would you rather – yeah, you know this going in. Would you mm-hmm. rather be a one-and-done – in the NCAA tournament or know that you're going to at least get to the final four of the NIT? Hmm. All depends on what my school name is. If I'm Oral Roberts, um, I probably wouldn't mind going to I don't know it's a tough one i guess it doesn't really matter that's that's, that's something to think about because recruiting wise because all in all it's an experience right that's all in all it's an experience and i, I was mean, i was a little surprised that north carolina you know they didn't make the tournament and that's why i said they the turned name. down the nit bid but it's, most of them guys were in the national championship last year last year yeah. so what is a NIT bid gonna do for us? You extend your season for another, but couple but, of weeks. but that's what goes into what Glenn was saying. You have visions of playing in the in the tournament. True that, not the NIT. Still, so, still, so if I didn't make the, if I didn't make the tournament, I don't want to play no more. Time yeah. for me to go ahead get my training in. If I'm going to the next level, I'm I'm preparing for that. If I'm not, I'm training for next season. Because right, here's the thing. Like you said, attitudinally speaking, if I'm North Carolina, and especially especially North Carolina, as a case in point here, um, we some of us won the national championship game last year. NIT, what's that going to do for me? You're not going to play well, and then you look even worse in NIT because you're probably going to lose. It's like or those teams. say, yeah. hey, let's play for some pride here. And what if you and what if and what if you still lose? Well, that that's that's the chance you take. That's why you just don't take the chance. That's why you don't take the chance, man. 
No, well, I, I think if you're an established program in North Carolina. It doesn't help know, your recruiting. And I know this this is high school, but I know for certain when when Frank Linty was at Mount Carmel and they got eliminated from the state playoffs early, mm-hmm. they always took that prep bowl bid. And I know that uh, a couple years ago, I think like St. Ignatius or somebody, they got an early exit and they, they turned down the prep bowl bid. I, I, no, you keep you keep playing. It's like you got a seed. You still got a season to go. You know you don't want that. I, I wouldn't want that season to end. If I'm a senior, I want to I want to keep that that experience going for as long as I can. That's that's yeah. just me. Yeah, I mean, it, do it. You you that that is a question that will be answered differently by every other person, and it's a great thing. I, I, yeah, I think ultimately, like you said, I, if I get a chance to keep competing, I like to keep competing. But then again, you know, maybe they're tired. You're like, you know what? We ain't playing for nothing, really. You know, save my body. Save my body for next year. Save my body for the pro. I mean, people have different agendas, and that factors into it as well. But if you're Cincinnati, uh, I think you're happy because you won 21 games, but yeah, you didn't absolutely. get a chance to go to the tournament. So you take the NIT. It still helps you recruiting. I mean, you know, you're going into the Big see. 12 next year. You know, you get a chance to be in the Final Four. It sounds better than our season ending and we didn't play after the conference championships. Yeah, yeah. But this this is what I feel like it all this BS how they treat a certain group of schools. Grambling, of course, they lost in the SWAT championship game. They were the cold SWAT regular season champions, had over 20 wins and didn't get an NIT invite. What was the tiebreaker? Because if you if you win your regular season title, you get an automatic NIT bid. So who? What was uh, the, so Alcorn got the. So they must have they must have won the tiebreaker. Then. Well, they probably should have still got a bid. Alcorn <laughs> lost in the first game of the tournament, <laughs> of, the, of the swag tournament. Oh, the swag you know? tournament, but, yeah. But, yeah. You know, but I mean, yeah. Hmm. but yeah, like for certain schools, you would. Like that would be big for Grambling had they. Got, oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, we got we uh, went to the uh, uh, at large bid, not a. Wait, we know, didn't get a, we didn't get an at large, but Hampton, uh, we got an NIT bid, uh, a few years ago, and we got this, we got the banner, the the NIT banner up. So that's that's a I I think it's a it's a big deal for a certain you know certain because obviously North Carolina may not be that big of a deal, but hey, you know, I just I just thought it would have been worth worth extending the season. That's all. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, man, the Bulls traded for uh, – or not traded, excuse me, signed uh, Pat Bev. And uh, I think the, the Pat Bev effect has uh, – has, take, has, has, has gone into effect. Gone into effect, yeah. That's why I, I didn't want to use effect so many times. Effect, effect, effect. effect. Uh, but, yeah, the eight and four uh, – uh, with Pat Bev in the lineup, they look like a uh, a team that is they playing sh- with a little heart right now, and the team that, that, that cares. I, I'll say this, and granted, I haven't been watching much of the Bulls. I've been doing a lot of box score watching. I tell you one person that it appears to look like Pat Bev has had an effect on, and that's and that's Sir Zachary Levine. He 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 said that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm and and what confirmed because like I said, I haven't really been watching, but like I've been checking the box scores. 
And, you know, I ain't want to be that person that's like, uh, he got great numbers, so obviously he playing well. But it's a guy that I went to high school with who who hates Zach Levine's guts. He <laughs> swears he ain't worth um, a max player. He's been, oh, shoot, Zach Levine been playing like a max player since Pat Bev got it. So I'm like, okay, so it ain't just what I've been seeing on the box scores. It's actually been going in game, you know, so I said it. I said we need the personality, man. We need we needed a shake up. And I mean, granted, we ain't gonna make no noise in the playoffs. We know that, but we, we're gonna be in the play in. We're gonna have to play the Boston or, or well, well here's the deal, man. Milwaukee. You're only you're only what I, I think a game or two out of the eight Six, spot. Eight spot. Yeah. They, they're, not, they're, not, in, they're not gonna catch. They're not gonna catch. We're gonna be in the play in. Regardless. They're not gonna catch the six spot because I think they only yeah. have eleven games left. Yeah, we're I not even close to that. Yeah, yeah. But you can get to the eight, and then you only have to win one game in the. Yeah, uh, but that's what I'm saying. We win in the play in. We we either seven or eight. Steve. Yeah, and then you and get we Milwaukee. gotta play Milwaukee or Boston. Like it's <laughs> but, but or Philly. Thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Several things, but here's the thing. First off, all year long, as weird as this year has been, the good teams we've been beating and beating them more than once. So you get in the playoffs, you're playing good teams. So I'm saying there's a chance. The other thing is with the Pat Bev effect and how he's affecting the team. uh, See what I did there? Um, I see you went went from E to A. (laughs) Yes, I did. I I see. I see. (laughs) What he's been doing – the Bulls have been suffering mightily since Ball went down. And Ball being a true point guard, everybody fell into place as to their roles and what they can do and how the ball is being facilitated, the spacing on the floor, both offensively and defensively, and the communication. All those things Pat Bez's presence has brought. Now, he's not the point guard that, that Ball is. He's decent as a ball handler. He's not great, but as a point guard playing with a point guard's mentality and a selfless mentality, he's not getting in the way of scoring for DeRozan or Zach, but he can help facilitate the spacing on the floor is way better offensively and guys are moving. You see bounce passes being as guys are cutting to the hole for layups. Okay. Uh, defensively, the communications there, you know, they've been, they've been, we've been seeing it on the floor where even, you know, when Pat, First, second game here or whatever, him and Vooch got into a little bit, you know, but, but we're seeing Which, it. By the way, it, Pat was right. Pat was right. You know, but, but we're seeing the communication. The other thing is, like you pointed out to, attitudinally, you know, swagger. You know, we would have lost that game that uh, against Miami. You know, having a 25-point lead and come back, we would have lost that game. We, we were able to stop it at three and build it back up, though. But we would have lost that game prior to. So it, it's all those things. And you're bringing a Chicago tough mentality to the Chicago team because that guy's true west side. And it's a type of energy that is helping. And it also helps because you see uh, Caruso can't stay healthy, but Pat Bev still gives you that defensive mentality and a tag dog mentality that when Caruso is not available, we're not, there's not that much of a drop off, but when he is available, we're that much more better in terms of a team defensively. And again, the spacing and what have you. And he's shown 
that you have to at least respect his ability to hit an outside shot, something do sumo is inconsistent with. Right. And Pat Bev, and other thing, Pat Bev's not going to defer necessarily in a deferential way. He'll do it in a facilitating way, but not in a deferential way. Like the sumo's not going to tell DeRozan, give me the ball. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah. Pat can do that. Pat will get that ball. Pat will get that that respect, that that veteran respect out there. So and it's it's just been phenomenal, man. So it's really been enjoyable the last uh last couple several weeks. Yeah. yeah. And and teams ain't able to just push us around right now. Hmm. Because they know one thing that fool gonna do, he gonna fight. Right. I mean, look and, look at look at some of the lineups we have. We're, we're undersized, <laughs> but we're still holding our own. Yes, you know so, and yeah, and Pat the Pat the Pat the Pat Pat effect. Pat Will is playing a lot better too. By the mm-hmm. way, more by better I mean more consistently. Now he was yeah, showing some the bench though. Yeah, because the bench second right. unit, he's because, able to be the best player on the floor. Yeah, it, yeah, it works. Like they, I'm telling you, it's it's been the makeup of the team that has hindered his development because you got him on the floor with two ball dominant guys. Like now he's coming off the bench playing with that second unit. He's playing a bit more freer, you know? So, right. But keep in mind late in the game, sometimes we're seeing him out there too, because he's defensively, he's that guy that can cause problems for the other team. So, so yeah, Billy and Pat Bev is helping the coach coach better. Mm-hmm. Because having just that him in that position helps make other people be slotted in areas where they can be that much more effective and and, and more efficient and and you know hence the Pat Bev effect man it's just a real deal it's just, it's true it's authentic it's happening <laughs> at home at home Wednesday against Philly and then they go out west Portland Lakers Clippers yeah, not easy so, uh, yeah not at all <laughs> not at all. And then the Lakers again at home uh, next Wednesday. So, yeah, nice little stretch there. Um, that was the revenge games. Yeah. Pat <laughs> Bev revenge games. Yeah, Pat Bev revenge tour is in effect. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, should be should be a good good weekend of basketball here. Uh, that Portland game. I, I want to see a dub there mm-hmm. out in Portland against Dame. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Easy Smoke and the GM Podcast. We want to thank you for listening. We greatly appreciate it. You can catch our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. You can also catch us at hp53productions.com. There you'll find a link to our podcast. And the Super Duper Podcast, hosted by Rob Griggs. And the Father Good Podcast, hosted by Marshall Givens and Kenny Stevenson. Yo, Glenn. Yep. yep. Please take us out. Hey, it's like we always say. We ain't saying we right, but we sure as hell ain't Jalen Carter wrong. We ain't dogging it. See you next week.